As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. Our doors are open once again, and we are now able to offer a said service of Holy Communion each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. But these online acts of choral worship, which draw upon archive recordings of our choir and congregation, combined with newly recorded readings, prayers and sermons, will continue each week so that you can enjoy the full wonders of our amazing choral tradition until such time as we can sing once again. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said to the crowds, Hear then the parable of the sower.
It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the fifth Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of the church is governed and sanctified, hear our prayer which we offer for all your faithful people, that in their vocation and ministry they may serve you in holiness and truth to the glory of your name. Through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 25, beginning at the 19th verse. These are the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Armenian of Padam Aram, sister of Laban the Armenian. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife, because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and his wife Rebekah conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is to be this way, why do I live? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples born of you shall be divided. One shall be stronger than the other. The elder shall serve the younger. When her time to give birth was at hand, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy mantle. So they named him Esau. Afterwards, his brother came out, with his hand gripping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was sixty years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man, living in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he was fond of game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field and he was famished. Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stuff, for I am famished. Therefore he was called Edom. Jacob said, First, sell me your birthright. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank, and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, beginning at the first verse. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin. He condemns sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, you are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies, also through his Spirit that dwells in you. This is the word of the Lord.
Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. And for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. About a week ago, I did something that felt so unusual that I was moved to remark upon it to my elder daughter. What was this unfamiliar experience? Basically, I went into a shop, an ordinary shop that wasn't a supermarket, and I bought something, just like in the olden days. I had quite forgotten what normal shopping felt like. Isn't it extraordinary how, without us even realising it, those weeks of lockdown have changed so many of our conventional patterns of behaviour, including things that, pre-pandemic, we took so much for granted that we didn't even notice. I've also become aware of how my spending habits have changed over the past four months. Unlike many, I was fortunate enough to have had both a regular income 
and internet access throughout the lockdown. And yet, throughout that time, I spent very little on anything other than food and household essentials. I ordered a couple of books and one or two birthday presents online, plus some necessary computer equipment, the failed delivery of which was the subject of a previous sermon, but nothing else. And if I'm honest, at no point did I feel I was missing out. But something else was happening too. I rediscovered items of clothing at the back of my wardrobe that I had completely forgotten were there. When one of my sandals broke, I repaired it and it's still going strong. Pre-lockdown, I would simply have chucked those sandals and bought new ones without giving it a second thought. It really was chastening to discover quite how wasteful I had become pre-lockdown in my attitude towards my possessions. The relationship that we have with our wealth and our belongings is complex. Money in itself is not inherently bad. On the contrary, properly used, it can be an amazing force for good. Money can make things happen. It can provide opportunity and quality of life to those who otherwise would be deprived of both of those things. The right kind of investment can bring hope into situations of despair. It can revive broken communities. These days, money is something that we simply cannot live without. But money is also very powerful and very seductive. And once we have it, particularly when we find that we have more than we actually need, it can have an alarmingly corrosive effect upon our assumptions, our priorities, and even our relationships without us even realizing it. Above all, it can completely distort our sense of normal and not usually for the better. I was born into a family home that, at the time, had no refrigerator, no telephone, no television, no central heating, and certainly no car. But we never regarded ourselves as poor or disadvantaged, because in the neighborhood where we lived, that was normal for most other people too. But during my lifetime, I have seen my own sense of the things that are essential change out of all recognition. There have been some major cultural shifts too. For example, in our attitudes to debt. When I was growing up, debt was a thing to be feared and a profound source of shame. But somewhere along the line, the language of debt turned into the language of credit and in the process, debt not only became socially acceptable, but turned into a global business, such that so many of us these days end up spending money we don't have on things we don't want to impress people we don't like, 
as the saying goes. However you define it, quality of life certainly doesn't look like that. And current statistics revealing unprecedented levels of mental health problems, eating disorders, patterns of self-harm, substance abuse, and even suicide among our young people are truly frightening, particularly when they affect those who, in purely material terms, have everything that they could possibly want or need. Something has gone badly wrong somewhere. Wealth and affluence can have a profoundly pernicious effect if we don't watch it. They can change who and what we are, and not always for the better. In our Gospel reading this morning, we heard one of the most famous and well-loved stories told by Jesus, the parable of the sower. Although, if you think about it, the story is not really about the sower at all, nor indeed about the seed that he casts. Rather, it is about different kinds of soil. And, as we learn from the parable, the soil represents our own receptiveness to the seed that is the word of God. Let's reflect further on that image for a moment, because it seems to me that our wealth and material circumstances can have a very significant impact upon the kind of soil that we become. Far from being liberating and bringing peace of mind, having more wealth than we need can render us anxious and inward-looking. All too easily we begin to fear the loss of what we have or to covet more. In the process, the outer edge of our souls can become hard and impervious. When soil is like that, seeds cannot break the surface to take root, and life-giving water runs off it, unable to permeate to the depths to bring refreshment and nurture new life. Indeed, for soil to be able to receive seeds and nutrients readily, it needs to be broken. Then what is planted can take root and flourish and in time grow into things of beauty and sustenance for others to enjoy. And so it is with human life. Our ability to receive and to give back can sometimes be very closely related. If you want to know the true nature of generosity, don't look first to the wealthy. Rather, look to the poor, to those who have little but who have learnt the vital importance of sharing what little they have. Look to those who have known their own brokenness and need. In saying this, I am emphatically not romanticising poverty in any way, but simply recording a truth I have observed in some starkly different social contexts. I have seen a generosity in the most unexpected of places that has certainly put me to shame. <laughs>
And allied to all of this is our ability to recognize with thankful hearts what it is that we have and never to take it for granted. A couple of nights ago, I watched the repeat of a documentary about the actor, author, and playwright, Alan Bennett. In it, he described how, as a young man, he had been very religious, but had lost his faith as he grew up. And he then said that the one thing that he really missed about not being religious anymore was not having someone or something to be thankful to, feeling a need to be grateful without being able to express that. It brought into my mind the remark of the 14th century German theologian and mystic Meister Eckhart, who said, if the only prayer you ever say in your life is thank you, that is enough. The problem with a society driven by materialism and the quest for wealth is that it can generate a sense of entitlement rather than one of gratitude. And that too causes the soil that constitute our lives to harden around us. Lockdown has caused many people to review their priorities and reevaluate their lives. I'm sure that is one of the reasons why online acts of worship, such as the ones that we have been able to provide, have taken off in such a big and unexpected way. Some are starting to glimpse their own profound sense of need in a society that has promised so much in material terms, yet leaves its people spiritually starving. And that is particularly the case with economic hardship now in view. And perhaps it is timely for all of us to review what kind of soil we are. Have we become hardened by fear and avarice, envy and self-centeredness? Or has our topsoil been broken open so that we can both give and receive, so that we can give thanks for what we have with truly grateful hearts and share what we have with others liberated from the need to hoard it or to squander it ourselves. Today is the Sunday in the year when we invite everyone at St Bride's to reflect on the theme of stewardship, to review what we have and to consider how we might use the gifts that God has given us, including our material wealth, for the benefit of others. Our role as a church community has never been more important in our service to this parish and community and also through our ministry to journalists. And at the same time, our need for financial support has never been greater. If you would like to review your giving to us 
or consider planned giving yourself. See the note at the end of your order of service. But stewardship is not simply about money. It also helps to define what kind of soil we are and indeed could become. So I would like to leave the last word to the poet Malcolm Geit and the words of a poem that I first heard read in this very church by the poet himself. I love your simple story of the sower with all its close attention to the soil, its movement from the knowledge to the knower, its take on the tenacity of toil. I feel the fall of seed a sower scatters, so equally available to all. Your story takes me straight to all that matters. You understand the reasons why I fall. Oh, deepen me where I am thin and shallow. Uproot in me the thistle and the thorn. Keep far from me that swiftly snatching shadow that seizes on your seed to mock and scorn. Oh, break me open, Jesus, set me free. Then find and keep your own good ground in me. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, 
who has promised to hear the prayers of those who ask in faith. Giving thanks for your church as we begin to gather once more in person. Lord, we pray. Thanks for all who have dedicated their lives to your service in ministry of worship and prayer, of teaching, of healing, and of pastoral care. For all who have been called to ordained ministry, for all readers and lay ministers, and for each one of us as we strive to live out a life of faith. Enable your faithful servants to minister to the best of their ability, that in so doing they might reveal something of your immeasurable love and power. Lord, in your mercy. Hear, hear our prayer. Giving thanks for your creation of this world in all its diversity as your people stand side by side to conquer the inequalities of man's making. Praying for this and every nation as we continue to work our way through this pandemic. For countries less well equipped in medical provision, in finance and in education. Thanks for all who give of themselves selflessly to save others, to right the wrongs of the past, to bring peace to warring lands, to provide food for the hungry and shelter for the homeless, and for all who strive to preserve the wonders of your creation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. giving thanks for this community of St. Brides, praying for all who have gathered on this holy site and within these sacred walls in centuries past, for all who call this place home today and will come to belong in the years to come, for all who join us in these broadcast services scattered across these aisles and in many far-flung countries. For all who have made that profession of faith through baptism with us, and all who have shared with us in the making of their vows of marriage. For all who celebrate birthdays and anniversaries as part of this family. Today we share with Joanne and John Forrest as they celebrate their 25th wedding anniversary, and with countless other couples who will have been married in this wedding season. We give thanks for all who support the work and ministry of St Brides, its prayer and fellowship, praise and music, and pray for the continued financial support in these trying times, that all may give, as they can, to your praise and glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our prayer. Giving thanks for all who care for our sick, 
for all who run our hospitals and care homes, who maintain them and make them home for a time. Praying for doctors, nurses, carers, porters and cleaners, cooks and maintenance crews. And remembering in our hearts those we know who are sick, injured or frail at this time, and all those for whom life is drawing to a close. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, prayer. our prayer. Giving thanks for the lives of those whom we love but see no longer, we pray for the souls of all the departed, those of whom the memory may fade, those whose stay may have been short, but memorable. Those who have just departed, and for whom the loss seems unbearable. Today we remember our dear sister, Yvonne Chapelle, and we pray for all who will miss her. Particularly, we pray for Edwin and Joan as they grieve, we pray your support of them and all who mourn, remembering the promise of peace everlasting in your heavenly kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Merciful Father, accept, accept these prayers, prayers for the for sake, the sake of, of thy Son, our Saviour, Savior, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of death. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts, in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your, holy, by your spirit, Inspire us with your love and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, 
so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, we beseech you, that the course of this world may be so peaceably ordered by your governance that your church may joyfully serve you in all godly quietness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you, our souls and bodies, to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.